Elliot, you must be one very proud young man this evening. Simply put, that was a staggeringly dramatic display of athletic ability. Uh, well, you know, you go out there and you give 110% and you want to play good and, you know, you hope you play good. I think we play pretty good tonight. Well, in the lexicon of sports terminology, and I don't mean to sound contrary here, the word good falls tragically short of encompassing the sheer virtuosity of your performance this evening. This is Plausibly Live. Well, good morning, good evening, or good afternoon, wherever you are, whatever you do. A lot of things happening in the world today, most of them far beyond our control, you might say. Perhaps it's time we took a pause and thought about life. Thought about the laws of gravity, stalking, protective orders, whales, wings, fake outrage, politics, and or the news. Don't touch that dial. Try to hear me out for a little while. Stories in the news up here recent days that just have me. I don't like the word triggered. I, I, I think I think the word triggered is badly overused and badly applied. That said, it brought back some these two stories together. Kind of brought back some bad some bad mojo from many years ago. There was a time in my life when I I don't understand some things. I just don't. And I don't understand to this day. I don't understand why these things happen. Obviously, there's mental illness involved. But sometimes I wonder if that's really true. So years ago, and this was many years ago, someone decided that they knew something about me that they thought was actionable, I guess. I, it's hard for me to say. I, I, I don't really know what they thought other than what they told me was, I know who you are. In the early days of my radio career, I had a radio nom de guerre. So you know this, Dave Diamond. It's it's a name that I still occasionally throw out there. Um, it was a joke because they wouldn't let me have the radio name that I wanted. The radio name I wanted was Herb Focasia. Wouldn't let me have that because they thought that was, quote, too ridiculous. But Dave Diamond was okay. We chose that because I was going to be doing sports, Diamond, baseball, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, after I ended up full-time on the air, was never quiet about who I really was. The reason I had a radio nom de guerre is because I worked for another company, the Salvation Army at the time, that didn't really, wasn't really comfortable with me being on the air as me because I was a pretty, pretty important cog in that machine. And I might say something that might offend a donor, and they didn't want me to be there as me. Anyway, by the way, that had already happened as a newspaper columnist. I said something that a donor got upset about, and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, point being is this guy called the show one day, and he said, I know who you are. I know how. I know who you really are. Okay, so does everybody else. I've never, I've never actually hidden who I really am. I've, I've not, I'm not pretending like someone, some radio hosts do, to be 
that person is my name. That's not what I'm doing here. I'm using a name because I have to. Well, this guy, for whatever reason, decided that him knowing my real name was somehow or another, it was weird, I'm, I'm telling you, somehow or another, he decided that this was going to get me to say the things that he wanted me to say on the air. He was one of those people that, you know, I call them helpers. Thanks, helper. Uh, when they would call and say, why aren't you talking about this? Why aren't you talking about this thing that I care about? And, you know, it's the most important story in the world. And so this guy, when I blew him off on the air, um, started calling my boss and started calling people that he knew that I knew. And at one point started sending stuff to where I lived about, I know who you are. And if you don't, if you don't do what I want you to do, I'm going to tell everybody who you really are. So we had a big discussion on the air one day about who really is Dave Diamond, because there's no secret here. There's no hidden agenda. We use this name because when before I got this job full-time, I was working part-time, and before that, I was working full-time for another company, and they didn't want me on the air as my real name, and that's, that's all there is to it. Not some secret thing where I have this mysterious past where I'm trying to hide it. In fact, uh, I think I was pretty open about my past. I was pretty open about what I did, did in the past and who I am, and for God's sakes, over the time that I was on the air, um, I was pretty open about my personal life. Told you who I was dating. I talked about, you know, going on dates and things and how things were going. And and most of my audience went through the entire thing with Cammy and Ben. And I never hit anything. I didn't have any reason to. But maybe I should have been. Stuff started coming to my my home. Hey, I'm going to out this and I'm going to tell people who you are. And I finally had a conversation with a law enforcement official that I knew at the time who was very helpful. That's all I'm going to say. I don't, I don't want to really go into it much beyond that. But shortly after he and I had that conversation, all of this stuff stopped and never heard from the guy again, which is great. But it always makes me wonder. You know, something, some functional relationship in life goes bad, what happens? We've had two stories up here in the last week where this sort of thing has been happening, and it's been happening to, in one case, to a very prominent person. We have a state legislator. She's not my representative. One district over, one district south of us. But she was being harassed by a guy here from from Bremerton who was sending her messages, sending her phone, calling her phone, uh, writing her letters. And it was pretty clear that these letters and these messages were from somebody who was tremendously bizarre. And once again, it was, you have to do this kind of thing for me or I'm going to do something to you. We're not aware of the specific threats because we haven't seen them, but they were enough that eventually this guy was arrested 
And this went on over the course of three years, by the way. This guy was recently arrested and this past week pled guilty to stalking and harassment. He's going to go to jail for three years, maximum. The representative, um, Mary Aldier, is a Republican from Bremerton. And she took to the floor of the House the other day down in Olympia to complain about this whole thing because she feels very vulnerable. This guy's going to get out of jail, and then what? And combined with the other story we're going to talk about here in a minute, she's feeling very nervous, and she should be. I, I, I don't blame her at all. And what she was complaining about on the, on the floor of the legislature here in Olympia, where we just passed a quote-unquote assault gun ban, because, as I told you on, sa- on Sunday on What the Frock, the Washington State Legislature has found that assault guns are being sold like cigarettes. They're targeting young men who, are going to be, who, who want to be active shooters. So we ban these weapons. And now Ms. Calder can't buy a weapon to protect herself from a known stalker. Now, there's some other reasons why she can't, because the state legislature has also put some other restrictions on gun. Who can buy a gun in the state of Washington? And one of those is a physical disability. There's a a specific physical disability that she happens to have, and in no way, shape, or form should stop someone from buying a gun, but the state of Washington has put that on there, and so she can't buy a gun because of this stupid restriction. She's Her vision is not up to par, so she can't buy a gun. And yet, here you have these lunatics out here who are stalking her, one lunatic anyway, and where there's one, there's two, and the legislature doesn't seem interested in protecting even one member of its own. They've turned this into, you know, this guy... We believe that all young men are a threat and that selling assault weapons, marketing assault weapons to them is a problem. But when we have an actual threat, we're not going to do anything about it because, well, you know, and other people would buy guns too. If the story stopped there, you'd go, well, okay, it's the legislature eating its own. She's a Republican. They don't care. Last week, we had a situation over in Renton, which is across the water. and. South of Seattle, I guess, is the best way to put it. It's one of the suburbs, one of the tech suburbs of Seattle. And they, actually, it's not a tech suburb, but I take that back. It's not a tech suburb. It's a, not sure how to best describe it. It's one of the lower uh, rent districts of Seattle. It's where people who want to be in Seattle but can't afford Seattle go, because it's close to Seattle, but it's not, it's not the, the, the people who can afford to live in Seattle. She, we had a situation where there was a podcaster. Now, this is where it starts getting personal. We had a podcaster over there, and I didn't know her, never met her, never even heard of her podcast. Her podcast was basically a cultural assistance podcast, I guess is the best way to describe it. Uh, she is, was a native Farsi speaker, and if you know anything about what I'm talking about here, you know that the Farsi language comes from what country? What? Where do people speak Farsi? Oh yeah, 
Iraq and Iran. So she was doing a podcast about being a Farsi speaker in the Seattle region and helping people to culturally adjust to the Seattle area who speak Farsi. And one of the people that was listening to her podcast was a truck driver who seemed to be based out of Texas, and he began communicating with her. Now, was he mentally ill, or is this a cultural thing? I don't know. What I do know, and what is an established fact, is this guy was calling her 20 times a week. He was chasing after her. He went to her house, waited for her husband to leave, knocked on the door and tried to give her flowers. She called the police, said, this guy's stalking me. Police have said that this stalking case, this particular stalking case, one of the worst they've ever seen. In fact, it is the textbook definition of a stalking case. And so you would think, okay, if this is the textbook definition of a stalking case, we should do something about it, right? Except it didn't. Now, they're saying now, today, they're saying that they couldn't because even though a protective order was issued, they couldn't find him because he's not from here. He's a truck driver. And so even though he was calling her from hotels near her home in Renton, they couldn't find him. So last week, he showed up at the house, broke in through a window, attacked the mother of the woman. She ran out of the house. He went downstairs, shot the husband, killed him, and then shot her, killed her, and then shot himself and killed himself, which, you know, again, I get it on the one hand, you go, well, saves us the expense of dealing with it. But on the other hand, we also now have no way of finding out why this happened. We assume that he was mentally ill. We assume that he was culturally influenced, but we don't know, and we'll never know. And we we watch this happen, and again, for me, I don't like the term trigger. I'm not going to call it a triggering event, but it did bring back to mind a few days where I was a little on edge about stuff. and. I know that other people go through this every single day with people who are stalking them, people who are threatening them, and it's just so infuriating that a piece of paper that says, thou shalt have no contact, is worthless. I mean, they had one on this guy, but they couldn't serve him because, quote, they couldn't find him. Not that it would have mattered. You think that piece of paper was going to stop him? Putting people in jail up here, as we know, is useless. Because we're letting people out of jail. Because, well, we all, there's always an excuse. Jails are too crowded. Oh, COVID or whatever. Rehab. You know, whatever reason you want to come up with. We, putting people in jail is useless. It doesn't punish them. It doesn't rehab them. It doesn't change anything. And at the end of the day, what we discover is our own legislature, the, only, the, the people that we send to represent us, don't care about protecting people either. Because if they did, they wouldn't be limiting who can get some a, a gun to protect themselves. And yet, that's what we've got. We have a husband and wife dead, scumbag dead, 
and we have a legislator who is looking over her shoulder every time, well, she will be as soon as this guy gets out of jail. The legislature's response to this is, we need an assault gun ban because young men are being marketed, targeted marketing, because young men, young white men want to commit mass shootings, and so we have to do this because if we don't, it's going to have a bigger problem. Well, you got a big problem already. You don't seem to be willing to do anything about it. That's really sad. Now we have to bury two people because, well, we've had this problem for a while and nobody seems to want to do a damn thing about it. As I mentioned a few weeks ago, welcome back by the way, I love the days after, the day after and the following days after major award shows, because that's usually where I find out what I'm supposed to be outraged about. It's been a fun week in the outrage, in the fake outrage department. You've all seen the story, I'm sure, about the Buffalo Wild Wings idiot. So much in the vein of the subway footlong isn't a foot long. Uh, lawsuit a few months ago, a few years ago now. This guy is suing Buffalo Wild Wings because boneless wings aren't wings. They're nuggets. At some point, somebody needs to pull this guy aside and say, are you literally the dumbest person on the face of this planet and didn't know this? I... I I'm not a wing guy. I don't I don't joke with my wife about this a lot. I don't eat, I don't like food that I have to work for. I I don't like um I don't like food that I have to break apart. I don't like food with bones in it. I just don't. I don't uh it's just the way I am. I don't eat chicken on the bone. I eat chicken fillets. I why probably why I don't eat fish cuz it has bones in it, but at any rate I'm not a wing guy. I never understood the fascination with wings. I never understood why people are so enthralled with that. But I guess, you know, I spent a lot of years in the South, so I guess I guess I'm used to it. But when I eat chicken wings, when I go to a wing place, in fact, we have a Buffalo Wild Wings here, not that far away. And Cammie and I like to go there occasionally on lunch. She gets wings and I get tacos. They have really great lunch tacos. Anyway. <laughs> I, I don't get wings, but this clown apparently was too stupid to understand that boneless wings aren't real. They don't really exist. And so he's suing them. And, of course, this has caused this. The, the best part of this is the outrage that is caught the, the outrage that his idiot lawsuit is causing with, you know, lawyers that are taking on these kinds of things. and. Really, this is just a money fishing trip. That's all this is. Uh, this is just a 
I want to see if I can get a settlement out of Buffalo Wild Wings because it's more expensive to go to court than it is to actually settle. I, I read yesterday, I was reading that Joe Pepitone died. Joe Pepitone was a baseball player for the Yankees back in the 60s, and somehow or another, he had gotten a hold of Mickey Mantle's bat that he hit the 500th home run with, or 600, big, an important Mickey Mantle home run, and somehow Joe Pepitone had gotten the bat, and he had, in his mind, loaned it to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Well, you don't loan things to the Baseball Hall of Fame, you donate them, and at any rate, some years later, Joey Pepitone tried to sue the Baseball Hall of Fame for a million dollars, because he had loaned them the bat. Well, if you're really about the bat, why don't you just sue to get the bat back? He wasn't suing for the bat, he was suing for money, because he probably had run into some money problems, and it was just a, it was just a cash grab, that's all it was. That's all this is. It's a cash grab, and it doesn't it doesn't reflect well. It really doesn't. It makes makes the lawyer industry, it makes the whole tort industry, it makes people who actually have legitimate issues less likely to pursue those issues because this idiot is doing this. So anyway, I might go to Buffalo Wild Wings today and have some boneless wings. No. I'll have the tacos. My wife will have the wings. That's just the way it is. The other thing I'm supposed to be outraged about is a Oscar award was given to Brendan Fraser, best actor for the movie The Whale. Now, look, I've I've not seen The Whale. Um, quite frankly, I have no interest in seeing The Whale. I don't. It, it, there's nothing in the plot line for this that says to me, "Boy, I really need to see that." That said, I really like Brendan Fraser. I always have. I thought he was fantastic in the Mummy films. Um, I've seen him in a few other things that you know he was pretty good at. I love. There's a movie. It's a remake of Bedazzled from the 1960s, the Dudley Moore "quote unquote" classic. Much better, much better film. The remake with Brendan Fraser, a million times better. But especially since it has Elizabeth Hurley. But for some reason, he had fallen off the, the map as far as acting goes. And this was his big comeback, this, this movie, The Whale, which is about a man who is, there's phrases that doctors use, morbidly obese is, is not even descriptive of what this is supposed to be. This guy is, this guy is, is should be a character on My 600-Pound Life, which my wife watches religiously. Do not know why. Don't ask, because I don't know. It is a fascinating psychological show in seeing people who are 900, 1,000 pounds, whatever, six, seven, nine hundred pounds, lying to themselves on national television like nobody's going to notice. Oh, yeah, Doc, I kept, the, I kept to the diet. Yeah, but you gained 20 more pounds. How is that possible? Anyway. The plot of this movie is that this guy, the whale, sorry, <clears throat> losing my voice again, uh, is tragically obese and doesn't get out, and he's he's desperate to reconnect with you know people, and of course he's um, <clears throat> part of the LGBTQ plus community, so there's that angle to it. 
And it just overall to me seems like one of those films that I just have no interest in seeing. I just don't. I'm sorry if that offends you, but I just don't. Yesterday I learned that I'm supposed to be outraged because Brendan Fraser won the Best Actor Award. Why am I supposed to be outraged? Because he's white. No. <laughs> That's too simple. I'm supposed to be outraged because, as it turns out, Brendan Fraser, who played this character who is massively morbidly obese, uh, in fact, is not massively morbidly obese himself. He was just playing a character who is massively morbidly obese. You with me here? So, he's not really fat, at least not in those terms, but he was playing a character who is. And so, the fat people, not making this up, are upset because our bodies are not your character trait, kind of thing. And this all came out, not by, not by activists. It came out from Dove Soap. Dove Soap tweeted about Brendan Fraser's offensive portrayal of a fat guy because they used prosthetics and a fat suit to make him fat in the film The Whale. And this has offended fat people. Of which, by the way, I'm one. I consider myself to be... Uh, badly obese i look i'm i there hasn't been but a couple of years in my life where i wasn't at some point battling weight issues i don't think that it's i mean obviously i'm not a candidate to be on my 600 pound life but at the same time there was a point in my life where i was north of 320 and it was not a comfortable time in my life and and, and i'm nowhere near that now and i'm you know i feel okay that i've maintained certain weight in that 260 range for the last four years and that's the first time i've ever done that in my life you know this yo-yo up and down thing but i'm not offended by this i i don't know who looked at this and said brendan fraser brendan fraser didn't gain 500 pounds 600 pounds for this role oh my god he's an actor pretending to be something he's not duh anyway I don't know why Dove Soap got involved with this. That's the part that, see, I, I understand the whole woke fat people thing. I get, I get why they're offended, because they're going to be offended by everything. They're offended by the fact that you, the audience, doesn't find fat people attractive. I don't find fat people attractive, but I'm one of them, so there you go. But... <laughs> My Dove Soap gets involved with it. I, I have no idea. I don't know what I'm supposed to think. I don't know what I'm supposed to, to be upset about. But like I said, I love the days after a major award shows because I find out what I'm supposed to be mad about. And according to Dove Soap, I'm not supposed to be mad about crazy people stalking podcasters and legislators who can't defend themselves because the state legislature won't let them have a gun. But I am supposed to be mad about Brendan Fraser wearing a fat suit. Is it any wonder this country 
is going the way it is. Take the time right now. Tell the people that matter in your life you love them very much. You'd miss them if they weren't there. Don't pass up those opportunities you don't want to have. That regret. Plausibly Live, I'm Dave Bowman. We'll see you next time for the Dave Bowman Show.